But let me just say, it's wonderful to see what God's doing in the midst of this people. And you know, folks, it's being talked about, and I've said it before and I mean it, it's been talked about all over this country, and the half hasn't yet been told. And we say, to God be the glory. Would you say amen to that? If you have a Bible, I would like what Henry VIII said is, what, six ways, I'll not keep you longer. Um, but if you have a Bible, could you please turn to Galatians chapter 1, we'll read from verse 11 through to the end of the chapter. And Paul says these words, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For neither did I receive it from man, nor was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you have heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the tradition of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. But I went into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter, and abode with him 50, 15 days. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by face unto the churches in Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith which he once destroyed, and they glorified God in me. Father, Add a blessing to this little study. And may your people be encouraged. And may, as already been said, you be glorified. We ask this for Jesus' name's sake. This evening, brothers and sisters, I want to look at this little phrase in verse 15. Paul says, When it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Now, brother and sister, we know that the calling of the, the Apostle Paul was a unique calling, and yet it's true that these words apply to every single one of us who are believers. We can all say, yes, God called us by His grace. We meet Paul in glory, and he says, God called me. We can say, Paul, that was my experience as well. In verse 6 of this chapter, Paul uses an almost identical expression of what happened to the ordinary believers in Galatia. He says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into his grace unto another gospel. Paul was called through the grace of God. And here we see the ordinary believers were called by the same grace. In fact, in the New Testament, this is almost a technical term to speak of the Christians called of God. Romans 1.6 and other letters, Paul writes to the called in Jesus Christ. So as we look at the call of Paul, we can all say tonight, I'm learning about something that's happened to me personally. The first thing I want you to see about the call in Paul's life is that it was a powerful call. A powerful call we can look at it, brother and sister, under two aspects, under the authority of his call and also 
the initiation. You know, in our text here, we see in the original Greek, the word to call is used to mean an official summons. And when I think about that word, it reminds me of my school days, especially my French teacher, Mr. Thompson. No, I loved him. Do you know why? Because he was very lenient. <laughs> he never had you do the work that you should have been doing. Now, that was because he wanted to talk about the Glenthorne Linfield matches. <laughs> and then when he asked us to do the work, we wouldn't do the work, but he had a ploy, you see. He sent us down the corridor to the English teacher, Mr. Gardner, who was his mate. And this guy was different. He was stern. And when he spoke, you sat up, you listened, you obeyed. He had an innate authority about his voice, brothers and sisters, but he had something else. He had two plastic, uh, or sorry, elastic balls made up of about a thousand elastic bands on each ball. And you know what he, you know what he called them? He called one Warner and he called the other one Killer. <laughs> so if you were misbehaving in his class, Warner came out and it was chucked as hard as you could against the back of the wall, missed your head, and that was you warned. See if you kept that up, killer came, and you got it right between the eyes. <laughs> Needless to say, he got our attention. So it was with Paul on the Damascus Road. When God called Paul, he stopped, he listened, he obeyed. Note something else about Paul's call. It was powerful in that its initiation lies entirely with God and not in him. Verse 15, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Note Paul doesn't say, I was seeking for God. He doesn't say, um, I was looking for him, I was searching for him. No, he says the call originates from God and proceeds from God. And brothers and sisters tonight, the Bible makes it very clear that like Paul, we have no place whatsoever in coming to God. We did not provoke it. Listen to Paul emphasize this. In 2 Timothy 1.9, he says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. The effectual call is the outworking in time of God's preordained purpose. That's why Paul could say in Romans 8.28, For we know that all things work together for good. To those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Those whom he predestined, he also called. There it is. Those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Let me ask you a question tonight. Was Paul initiating his search for God? No way. The ultimate explanation for what happened with Paul lies entirely with God. He was on his way to Damascus to shut up many of the saints in prison. And you know, we hear of his story. He was arrested, wasn't he, on the road to Damascus by the Lord Jesus himself. He was led into the city and then the word of God comes to a, a, a faithful servant called Ananias. And the Lord said to Ananias, I want you to go to Straight Street. I want you to go to the house of Judas there's a man called Saul of Tarsus, and he's praying. And Ananias said, Lord, I've heard about this man. He shut up many of your saints in prison in Jerusalem, and now he's come here to do the same thing. And what was the Lord's reply to Ananias? He says, Ananias, go. Why? Because he is a chosen vessel unto me. 
And brothers and sisters, God chose him. God called him. When, where, and how Paul was converted had nothing to do with Paul. Paul's call was found to be rooted in the eternal purpose of God. I'm not sure you were aware, but that's the exact same thing that happened to you. The day, the night you get saved, you were not seeking for him. He was seeking for you. But Stuart, I felt I was initiated. I felt I was coming. Do you know what Paul himself said? There's none that seeks after God. No, not one. The reality is God was pursuing you, brother and sister. Listen to Jesus, and we know this scripture and we love it. All that the Father giveth to me shall come to me. And he that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. In the light of this, what's the application? We must be a praying people. Would you say amen to that? For since God alone calls, it's to God we must look for converts. It's not so much about will we get the opportunity or will they listen um, or the strategy. And they're all important. But what is primarily of value is that the Lord must call them, brothers and sisters. Like with Lydia, the Lord must open the heart. As it was with Paul going into Corinth, only God knows who he's going to call. So we must spend good time pleading with God for conversions. And in the light of this, we should be encouraged as well. You may have someone on your mind and you long for their salvation and you're discouraged because they're so... They're so hard and and disinterested. And you may be saying, will that person ever become a Christian? My brothers and sisters, let me encourage you tonight. God's purpose through your prayers might be the means by which that person comes to Christ. How many Christians were expecting Paul to be converted? I'll tell you something, none. And even in Jerusalem, when he came to join himself to the church, they couldn't believe him. They thought he was maybe a spy for the Sanhedrin. And of course, Barnabas enters in and brings him into fellowship. Saul is exhibit A. He would say, I was the chief of sinners, and God arrested me. God forgave me, and God called me. And I'll tell you something. See, if we can pray, God can do it for anybody tonight. Secondly, not only was it a powerful call, Paul's call was a pleasant call. Verse 15, notice the language. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Do you know, brother and sister, most summonses are not particularly um, welcomed. (laughs) I remember fighting with my sister when I was younger. Karen, she was always waking me up. You know what I did? She wound me up that much. Now, we're only kids, right? I went to punch her and I put my hand through the the kitchen window. (laughs) And here's Karen to me, you're dead when mommy comes back. <laughs> and I went up the stairs and I hid. And my mom came in and all I heard was, Stuart, come down the stairs, I want to talk to you. <laughs> and you know, brothers and sisters, I know she didn't want to talk to me. I knew it was a red hand of Ulster waiting for me when I got to the bottom of the stairs. And you know, many times we as sinners feel that way towards God. Like Adam, our guilt leads us to avoid contact so that we don't heed his voice. But brother and sister, let me encourage you tonight. One of the striking features of the effectual call, as it is in Scripture, is that it speaks of warmth. It speaks of happiness. 
on the Lord's part. For example, it's commonly used in the New Testament as an invitation to a house, to a feast, to a wedding, to an occasion of great joy. In Luke 14, 6, we read of a man who gave a, a great supper and called many to that supper. In Matthew 24, 4, we have the parable of the wedding feast. For those who were called, all things were made ready. They came and they ate and they enjoyed. In John 2, 2, Jesus and his disciples were called to the marriage in Cana of Galilee. And when you're called to a celebration, there's a sense of joy. There's a sense of importance, even a sense of honor. And you know, so it is in the New Testament. To be called by God means that you, like Paul, have been chosen as a guest of honor to feast at the master's table. And you know, the word called or elect are sometimes, brothers and sisters, used interchangeably. It was only the beloved that was called. It was only the special that were called. In the early church, the name that was given to the believers was the called out ones. And here, Paul in verse 1, even though he says, I was the chief of sinners, can't you hear his heart? He says, God called me. Then thirdly, Paul's call was also a privileged call. Verse 15, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Do you know, there's an aspect of privilege implied in this call. It can have a sense of claiming one for one's own possession. You know, one of the greatest privileges all of us who are parents really have is when we're naming our children, isn't that right? I remember Nathan came along, my son's older now, and we had great deliberations about his name, but Nathan's name um, means a gift from God. And you know, I was looking at him on a Saturday night when he's going out the door doing his hair, and I said to Laura, it's appropriate because he thinks he's God's gift to women. (laughs) So we got the name right. (laughs) Hannah, my daughter, means grace or to be given. And brothers and sisters... This signifies our ownership. This signifies our authority. It signifies our claim upon them. Here's what I want to say to you tonight. Listen to what Isaiah 43, 1 says. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by name. Listen to this. You are mine. That's what we say to our children That's what God says to you tonight, brother and sister. 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons and daughters of God. And you know, there's many examples I could give of the privilege of this call. Galatians 5, 13, For brothers and sisters, you've been called to freedom. And then 1 Thessalonians 2, 12, That you would walk worthy of God who has called you unto his kingdom and glory. 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto you are called. 1 Peter 2, 9, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now listen to this one, 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful by whom you were called under the fellowship of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know, brothers and sisters, when the early church would use the word called, it would encompass the whole of God's saving work. Acts 2.39, the promise is to you and to your children and to as many as the Lord our God shall call. 
In these uncertain times, it's vital that we remember the privilege which is ours. The King of heaven calls us by name tonight, and you, my brother, and you, my sister, are his prized possession. Fourthly, the the call of Paul was also a particular call. Verse 15, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Note, separated me, called me. Brother and sister, there's what's called as the universal call. Extended to all who hear the gospel, the whosoever. In the parable of the wedding feast, many were called, but some refused that call. There's another scripture that talks about many shall be called but few shall be chosen. And yes, it's a powerful call. And yes, it's a pleasant call. And yes, it's a privileged call. But this call is also a particular call. It's a call that raises people from the dead. I remember one wee preacher said this. He says, it's as well when our Lord was standing over the grave of Lazarus that he said, Lazarus, come forth. Because if he hadn't have been particular... Every grave would have opened him being the resurrection and the life, but he was. He says, Lazarus, come forth. Paul knew his own unworthiness, and yet he could say, the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And note, brother and sister, how God called Paul. He called him with tenderness. You know what I love? He didn't call him an Aramaic. He didn't call him in Greek. He called him in Hebrew and his mother's own tongue. Verse 15, God, Paul says, called me. Do you know why he called him? He called him Saul, Saul. That even speaks of tenderness itself. I submit to you tonight that this is the most awesome thought in the world, that God has taken each of us and has called us by name. Do you remember the night that he saved you? Was it not the greatest night of your life when you heard the call of God? And here's what I want to say to you tonight, and I'm coming to a close. Many of us in the world's eyes are nobodies, brothers and sisters. Perhaps you feel like a nobody tonight. If you're a Christian, let me say this, it doesn't matter what anyone else has done to you. Even if the whole world is against you, You can say, others may have passed me by. Others may have trodden me down. Others may be against me, but God called me. John Wesley and George Whitfield would preach to 30,000 miners in the fields of Bristol. And you know the hymn that he started with? The hymn had words like this, And all the kings of earth I look down with pity. Because to be a child of God is the greatest thing in the world. This blows me away. 13, I lost my father. 15, my football dream collapsed. 16, leaving school without a single qualification. Future uncertain. Family situation not great. But I could say on the 3rd of September, 1995, sitting on the right-hand side of the balcony, God called me. God changed me. God loves me. You can do the same tonight, brother and sister. Oh, Stuart, I've heard your testimony. That's a brilliant testimony. We're asked to go all the way through the country proclaiming that testimony. Here's what I want to say to you tonight, brother and sister. Your testimony is just as good as my testimony. 
And I'll tell you why. Because God's power had to raise you from the dead. That's something to rejoice in. He was pleased to do it. And you know what? It was a particular call as well. He called you personally. Stuart, Stuart. Ken, Ken. Alison, Alison. Do you remember the day? Particular. And then, fifthly, Paul's call was also a purposeful call. He says, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Do you know there's some, especially in the church today, and they feel they're doing God a favor by attending. <laughs> oh, he's in now. She's in now. We can start the meeting. <laughs> I'm here, Pastor. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, there's some in the church, they know they're like, they're like the atrophies. They love to have the preeminence. But listen to C.H. Spurgeon. Here's what he said. While others are congratulating themselves, I have to sit humbly at the foot of the cross and marvel that I am even saved at all. The cross needs, leaves no room for boasting, no room for pride. It's the great leveler. And this was the heart of Paul when he was called the Christian's couldn't believe it. Paul's conversion was a marvel to himself to the day he died. He would say, God called me, and note what the purpose was, by his grace. I'm the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle. I'm less, he says, than the least of all saints. Remember, he made havoc, havoc of the church, having many shut up in prison. He's involved in the, the death of the first martyr, Stephen. He says, I was once a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent man. Now we have to ask ourselves the question, why would God call such a man? It certainly, brothers and sisters, was not because he was worthy. Paul weighed up the purpose, and he says this, God called me by his grace to show me his grace, so in turn I can go out and show everybody else that same grace. What a humbling thought tonight. To be reminded like Paul that the purpose for which we sit here is that he might display his grace in every last one of us. And it's encouraging, brothers and sisters, because it tells us that there is no one outside the grace of God. Here's a blood-stained murderer of Christians, and he says, God called me by his grace. Get this tonight as you come to prayer. The call of God in your life was a powerful call. The call of God in your life was a pleasant call. God's smiling upon us tonight. It was a privileged call. He's called you to feast at his table. It was a particular call. He deals with the individual. And then lastly, it was a purposeful call that he might show his grace in you and turn that you might show others that grace. Brothers and sisters, one old Puritan says, he says, when we approach the throne of grace, may we banish with the thought that we are not welcome there. We serve a good father. So let's lift our petitions to him tonight. And may God bless every one of you. Pastor, thank you.